shall not muzzle an ox when it is treading out the grain? Is it for oxen that God is concerned? Does he not speak entirely for our sake? It was written for our sake, because the plowman should plow in hope, and the thresher thresh in hope of a share in the crop. If we have sown spiritual good among you, is it too much if we reap your material benefits? If others share this rightful claim upon you, do not be still more. Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right, but we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. Peace be with you, the reader. His Lord ordered him sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees imploring him, Lord have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him the Lord of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow servants, who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and besought him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison, till he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. And his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you besought me, and should not you have had mercy on your fellow servant as I had mercy on you? And in anger his Lord delivered him to the jailers, till he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you. If you do not forgive your brother from your heart, glory to Good 
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oftentimes, in speeches, or in movies, uh, if you want someone to walk away with a very clear message, you put it at the end. Because that's the last thing someone sees or hears, and it has a huge uh, potential to make that impact that stays with you. And if we think of Jesus' earthly ministry, certainly this is true. I want you to think for a moment of the last thing that Jesus did before he gave up his spirit. And I want you to imagine you are standing in front of the cross as an eyewitness. And you weren't a direct player in what was taking place. You would see people mocking and railing at this man who is stretched out on the cross. You would see other people weeping and mourning for him. You would see the soldiers that symbolize Rome standing there watching over him, guarding him. You would see the Jewish religious leaders who orchestrated this. But the last thing that you would see or hear that would undoubtedly probably make the biggest impression on you would be for Jesus in his agony to say, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. The fathers of the church say that this last lesson of Jesus is his most powerful one. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they are doing. He not only forgives them, but he makes an excuse for them, and he seals the gospel with this lesson. And I wanted to let you know the context for this particular gospel passage. Jesus is having a dialogue with Peter. And Peter says, Lord, should we forgive people seven times? Seven being the symbol, symbolic number of perfection, of completion. Peter was thinking he was being magnanimous by saying, should we forgive people even seven times? And Jesus responded to him, Peter, not seven times, seventy times seven times. But he still didn't think that that was enough. And so the very next thing he says is this parable. And I was sharing with my fellow clergy that the Lord compares the kingdom to lots of different things. And every time Jesus compares the kingdom to something and uses a parable... He is comparing the kingdom to something that we can relate to, but more importantly, He is showing that the kingdom is an expression of His own being, an expression of His own character. The kingdom of heaven is compared to this parable because Jesus Christ is all-compassionate. He is all-forgiving. He is all-merciful. 
And if we want the kingdom of heaven, we must, by His grace and our cooperation, become all compassionate, all merciful, and all forgiving, or we will not fit in the kingdom. It will not be a place where we belong. And so he's telling Peter, not seven times, 70 times seven, as often as it takes. So let's examine for a moment this parable. And we won't take too long. But he compares the kingdom of heaven to a certain king. Of course, the king is himself. And he is taking account with his servants. And one servant owes him 10,000 talents. We don't need to be exact. But if we were trying to be close to exact, that would be in today's dollars about a billion dollars. Just to give you an idea. I don't know how many of us, certainly it's safe to say that no one in this room who had that kind of debt could ever repay it. And that's the idea. Jesus is saying that every single one of us has that kind of debt before God. And there is no way that we in one, two, a hundred lifetimes could pay that debt. And it was legal, both within Roman and Jewish society, that if you could not pay your debt, to yourself be thrown in jail, and to have members of your household also imprisoned after they were sold, and then everything else that you had liquidated and sold to begin to pay off that debt. So if your debt was huge like this person's was, then you can see that he and all of his household and everything he had would be sold. And he would still be thrown in prison and have no chance of repayment. So you can imagine the situation that this man, this servant, is in. He is desperate. And so he falls down before the king in prayer beseeching Him for mercy. And just like that, the king wipes out all of his debt and frees him from the penalty of prison. The fathers of the church say that he was delivered doubly. And then he let him go right out into the streets. I can't even imagine what he was feeling. The relief is beyond the ability to articulate. But he goes and turns around with this mercy in his back pocket. And he finds a fellow servant, because he's no king, who owes him basically nothing. And he forgets everything that he has received from his king that is beyond justice. And he exacts from this fellow servant without mercy, without forgiveness, without compassion, what he owes him, throwing him into prison. 
And it says that there were fellow servants who witnessed this. We don't know if these are the righteous people who were there, or we don't know if it's angels. But what it does tell us, my dear brothers and sisters, is that you can hide nothing that happens in your life. Inside, here or here, or outside, through your actions and your deeds. When judgment takes place, nothing will be hidden. And I don't know if we stop in our life, pause long enough to even think about that. That it says in scriptures, from the rooftops will everybody's deeds and thoughts and attitudes and dispositions and inclinations be shouted on that last day. Think about the masks we wear, the facades, the charades we play, the lies we keep in order to keep a good face before our fellow men. Forgetting all the while that God knows all. That the angels know all. That the saints know all. And even in our lifetime, the probability that everybody close to us will know all is pretty good. And yet we still, out of the love and slavery of what people think of us, go through our life this way. So this becomes revealed to the king. And the king calls for that servant. And he can't believe that after receiving so much mercy that he would forget. And he would be so unlike his king that he would exact what he considered to be human justice on his fellow servant. And so, of course, he was thrown into prison and everything that he had was sold and there will be no way that he can ever repay that debt unless he shows forth to the king true, sincere, authentic, and heartfelt repentance. Remember that if the scriptures and if the holy tradition of our church says that God is indeed merciful, compassionate, and loves mankind, that the church and the scriptures say this because this is true. And Father Timothy was sharing with me how St. Paisios and other saints say that when truth about God is revealed... God is obligated. St. Paisios even uses that word. How audacious the saints can be when they know God and not just about Him. That God is obligated to be merciful to us and show compassion and forgive us when we are sincere in our repentance. And if God told Peter 70 times 7, then you can bet no matter what happens, if you fall down before God in prayerful repentance, that He will forgive you. He will wipe the slate clean. And so we know that that servant, if he would have turned and shown true repentance and remorse, then the king would have a second time wiped his slate clean. The tricky part is, my dear brothers and sisters, that as time goes on and we move through our life and we keep making decisions that are contrary to God, we begin to become those decisions and repentance becomes more and increasingly difficult. We become, in a sense, hardened 
by repetition, by habit. So any of you who are putting off repentance until later so that you can have fun now, you're becoming the sum of those decisions. Don't count on end-of-life repentances. So my dear brothers and sisters, if we want the kingdom of God, if we want God, if we want freedom, if we want true, whole, person health, then we need to forgive our brother and sister and even those that we consider to be enemies. Seventy times seven. It's amazing how God knows what a corrosive acid the remembrance of wrongs is. How it cuts us off indeed from our fellow men how it destroys our interior life and cuts us off from grace, and how it is an obstacle between us and God. This is why he says, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. The Lord taught us that prayer Himself, because we cannot be forgiven if we do not forgive. In Matthew chapter 7 it says, For with the judgment you pronounce... You will be judged. And the measure you give will be the measure you get. This is why at the end of this parable, Jesus says, So also my heavenly Father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Why do you think he added from your heart? Because we can think it, We can say it. We can even begin it through our actions. But what he means from the heart is that it's not a switch you can just flip and it goes on autopilot. Forgiveness is something that has to be renewed and sustained again and again and again. Because there are going to be things in your life, there are consequences to actions and hurts that keep coming up that keep generating thoughts, that keep producing memory, that produce feelings. And you have to, again and again and again, forgive. I want to close. That's why I have this beautiful book here by St. Nikolai Velomirovich with his words at the end of his homily on this particular passage. Remember that what you end with is the message you want people to walk away with. Believe me, however great one, however great one man's debt is to another, however greatly a man has sinned against his brother or his friend, this comes to no more than a hundred denarii compared with the enormous debt that every one of us has to God. We are, all of us, without exception, greatly in God's debt. Whenever we think of taking our fellows to court for their debts, we must remember that we owe God immeasurably more. Yet He still waits for us, delays repayment, is still patient, and still forgives us. We must remember that the measure we give will be the measure we get. 
and that we must above all remember Christ's words as they crucified Him. Father, forgive them. He who has a conscience, even a little, barely aroused conscience will be, ashamed, will be shamed by such a remembrance and will hold back his hand from persecuting those who have a small debt to him. Let us hasten, my brethren, to forgive all sins and insults so that God will forgive our numberless sins and insults. Let us hasten before death knocks at the door and cries, Too late! Beyond the door of death, we shall be able no longer either to forgive or be forgiven. Amen.